Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Welcome, everyone, to the Take It Ho podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. And on today's episode, I'm going to talk about Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view that took place on July 21st. It's a, little, it's a bit old, but uh, I haven't really seen too many reviews of the show on a lot of podcasts. And I watched it, and I want to talk more about what I watched. Um, uh, You know, I don't watch ROH regularly. I used to watch it before. Um because when it was on the fight TV and stuff, and and um, I enjoyed it. Like during the pandemic era, I, I actually enjoyed the product that they had. It was, you know, some good wrestling, and um, you know, front of no people, but you know, a lot of people, a lot of promotions are dealing with that. Um, they really did a great job with the pure title and everything, and, and things. You know, they seem to be building an, a a good roster, and um, you know, then they end up. Selling it, Sinclair ended up selling it to Tony Khan, and Tony Khan bought it, and we're all interested to see what was going to happen with Ring of Honor, and and um, so far it's been, uh, in my opinion, a little bit of disappointment. Um, Tony Khan kept the streaming service, Ring of Honor streaming service, and that's where you can watch the show. And honestly, it wasn't worth the money to get the streaming service to watch the television show. Um, now, if the pay-per-views were on that streaming service, I probably would get it. But I don't know if I would continue to get it after I watched this pay-per-view. But I, you know, during the, the I guess let's say, the Tony Khan era of Ring of Honor, um, I ended up watching the pay-per-views. You know, I usually would just split it with someone and, and you know, not a big financial risk, you know, going in. If it's not good, you know, big deal. But, uh Overall, they were fairly good shows. Of course, you know, memorable series of matches with the FTR and the Briscoe brothers. And, and um, so, you know, I was kind of like, if the Ring of Honor pay-per-views were coming around, I, I'd watch it. It's only like a, a few a year, right? So it's not that not that big a deal. To, and it's always fun to kind of check different things out. Um, so I went in half on the Ring of Honor pay-per-view with a friend of mine. And I, I didn't get a chance to watch it live. It aired on a Friday night. I was a visit my family um, up north of San Jose here, and so I didn't watch any wrestling. So when I got back home, I started catching up on a lot of shows, and Death's Forest Honor was the first one I wanted to watch. So um, 
I was really overall thoughts real quick is I was just really disappointed in the show. Um, Ring of Honor is interesting. This Tony Khan era of Ring of Honor is very interesting. There's a a few guys that you want to see on AEW television. Samoa Joe, Mark Briscoe, even though he wasn't on this pay-per-view. Um, and there's a bunch of guys who don't even want to see on any television anymore. Dark Order, Chuck Taylor. Um, I'm trying to remember who else is on this damn show. Um, but this show, this Death of Force Honor, was a major, major letdown. Um, it felt like a very indie riffic show. I Man, that's what's what he wants to, the brand to be. Just a very he said he wanted for the hardcore of the hardcores. But man, could it make sense? Could the magics had the the matches have some logic to it? Um I just couldn't believe a lot I was seeing on this show. The opening match was a loose door match between Gravity, who is Bandito's younger brother. Versus Commander. And this match here, it was just a match between two very green luchadors. There were some cool flips. These guys can do flips, but they can't throw a punch. They can't lock up. There's no psychology to it. It's just zero to hero. I just can't get into matches like that. that matches like that just don't appeal to me. Um, and it just becomes ridiculous and gravity with his, you know, he has a unique mask and he does like a the walking on the moon, like walking in gravity walk. And it just looks so silly. Um, I even think, uh, was it Taz or Tony Schiavone made a laser Tron joke on, um, AEW dynamite this past Wednesday because gravity wrestled Pac on that show. And apparently I didn't realize it till. My buddy pointed out that Tony Khan just basically, for the pun of Pac, he used to be known as um, um, the man that Gravity forgot or something like that. So that's why he's, he booked this match. But like, if I'm watching, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm the booker and the promoter, and I'm watching Gravity versus Commander, and I'm seeing the performance that they're putting on, especially Gravity's performance, why would you reward this guy? with the match on AW television. He was not good here. But this clearly showed to me that Tony Khan just cares about flips. He just cares. You know, if a guy does a flip or a moonsault or any kind of dive out, they're great. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen so many promoters and bookers on the indie scene who would just go nuts for someone and all, all because they would do some kind of dive or some kind of top rope move. Um, and it's just, this happens to be one of those guys with a lot of money, you know, and it's just gravity does not deserve this spot. In my opinion, I think, you know, anyone on dynamite that deserves to have a, have a match. There's a bunch of guys that are just sitting around and catering or not even the influence the show anymore. Apparently, and they're way better workers and could have had a way better match with Pac than Gravity. Um, and that match with Pac ended up being just, you know, Pac, 
who is being, you know, built up to feud with the Blackpool Combat Club. And here he is going 50-50 with a Green Luchador on Dynamite. It just absolutely makes no sense. Uh, you know, the crowd got into the moves, but it's, it's just the moves. You know, it's it's watching an action movie with a very, very weak, weak plot, right? Or no plot at all. And the action's like you'd say, the action's cool, but the story sucked. And that's what this match was. The action was cool. There's some cool stuff. Right, I don't mind seeing the guy do a flip, and you know, and you know, it's it's amazing what these guys can do with the ropes and everything. But I need some substance to it to really enjoy the match. Uh, match number two was uh, Samoa Joe, the ROH TV champion, versus Dalton Castle. Uh, this was a good match. Um, I guess on television, I don't know why, but Stokey Hathaway, who's like just been this heel manager in AEW Dynamite, now part of the manager team and an ROH, maybe a commissioner role and uh, yeah, just something for Tony Khan to have fun with. And, and, uh, so yeah, I, he's, he has a lot of potential. Like he could be a really good manager, but he wants to be funny and clever all the time and not in a, like a brilliant Bobby Heenan type of way. And he just, he doesn't generate any kind of heat. Um, this match, I thought, like I said, it was a good match, especially after I watched freaking Commander versus Gravity. This is freaking Steamboat and Flair, right? Dalton Castle's a guy I always liked, but I feel like his shtick is just the same. It's, it hasn't changed in a very, very long time. Um, and I just wanted to see something different for him. I just think, I think he needs to change things up a bit. Um, I like the finish where, you know, Joe was got bumped to the floor and Sogi Hathaway, who was at ringside, who's I guess Dave and Joe and him have had some issues, some tension on the television. But when Joe took a bump on the floor, it was by Stokely. He said, Stokely, do something. They kind of revealed that they're actually in cahoots. And Stokely ended up getting up and, you know, telling the referee he needs to kick the boys out and this distracted the referee. And then and then Joe came up behind and a low blowed um, um, Dalton Castle and choked him out and got the win. Uh, good match, like I said. After watching the uh, <laughs> after watching the first match, this match felt really good. But it was just a, a good, solid match. The next match. Now we're in a streak of just total chaos, total just balls the wall, just a like action, action, action. No real story, no real psychology match matches. Um, the next was a four-way tag team match for the ROH tag team title. It was the uh, the Kingdom, the Lucha Brothers, who were the ROH tag team champions going into this. Um, the Best Friends and the Aussie Open. And this went like 17 minutes, and it was just boom, 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 boom. Move, 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 and never let up, never... Never slow down. You know, uh, Garrett and I talked about this on um, the Fight Game Podcast this week, how we're both just tired of multi-person matches. And now you have, you know, <laughs> you have all these guys in there. And it's just, you know, it just gets silly. Like, you get a couple guys in there. Everyone's on the floor just laying around. Um, and they're just doing a bunch of moves. And I just can't get into it. Um 
I thought the kingdom was really good in this match. It kind of helped held it together. I thought as much as possible. Those guys are just so so misused. Like in AW slash ROH. Why are they still in ROH? They've been there. They've done that. It's time for them to be in AEW. And they just, as I record this, this is a Friday night. As I'm recording this, they are on Rampage in a tag team match. I hope they won it. They had no, they were in a match. They announced who the opponents were. I guess it's going to probably be some kind of job team that they're going to win. And that's great. But on the same show, they have a tag team battle royal where the winner of the that tag team battle royal gets a shot at the AEW Tag Team Championship. So if you're having that match, why is the Kingdom just in a standard tag team match on that same show? It makes absolute no sense. You got freaking, what's that, Dr. Luther and Sempentor. Like, they're in the battle royal. They're, cha- they're, in, they're getting opportunity to, to earn a shot at the Tag Team Championship. And you got this great tag team of Mike Bennett and uh, I can't believe I forgot his name already. Uh, uh, <laughs> Mike Bennett and excuse me, Matt Taven. Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot Matt Taven. That guy should be pushed big time. Um, and they're, and they're just you know just in this random match. I hope they go over. I'm sure they do. But maybe they should be in the tag team battle royal challenge title. So they you make them look less than if they're not invited into the tag team battle royal invitational match. <sighs> just just ugh. Absolutely makes so damn sense. Um Aussie Open ended up winning winning this. I believe this is Mark Davis's first match back since his uh, knee injury. Um you know, Aussie Open's an exciting, you know, team they have a lot of potential i think i don't want them to get kind of stuck in their uh in their uh kind of i don't want any like learning some bad habits right like i just ho- kind of hope they work on nicer their psychology and, and work on tag team wrestling and you know but from my scene from so far it's just been you know the, the typical stuff that we see from almost every team these days NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, the next match was for the six man tag team championship. Yeah, the champions, the Mogul Embassy, Brian Cage, Bishop Khan, and Toa Leone. Tony Leone. <laughs> Toa Leona, excuse me. Um, with Prince Nada defeated Leon Ruffin and uh Master Wado and and Taguchi for New Japan. 
which was a bit of a surprise. But you know, G one's going on, and 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 G, New Japan's good at you know kind of sending the their wrestlers on the roster that they're not going to be using on a, on a tour and 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 getting them work somewhere else. And and after, like I said, I we had that you know tag team title four-way match with a billion moves and we kind of got that here um 12 minute match i like leon ruffin i he was a that was a bummer when he got released from nxt uh he had he had something and they did a great job with him and and um now he's just kind of just kind of just waste away and um ROH, but honestly, it's probably a good spot for him, really. Um, he's a guy that kind of feature, feature, you know, uh, instead of like, you know, you can move a Matt Taven and a Mike Bennett and a Samoa Joe to AEW and then kind of build around a Leon Ruff, Ruffin and, and others on this ROH brand. Um, again, like I said, a million moves. Uh, at one point, it looked like Taguchi got dropped on his head or shoulder. And it looked like the doctor was going to check on him, but maybe just it was a great sell. Uh, you know, Bishop Khan and and Toa Leona have they have really, really, really good potential. Great looks. Um, Bishop Khan has a great look, but he just doesn't have any kind of personality out there. He's just kind of, you know, kind of stone face, and you know, he looks like a million bucks. But I just want to see some fire out of him. Um, Toa Leona does have some fire. He's a big, you know, powerhouse guy. Um, again, I just think I would want, I want him to, I hope there's just some people in his ear that's really going to help him. And, uh, because he has a lot of potential, great look, I, but he, you know, doing these six fan tag team matches and just doing spots. And I don't know how much growth he's going to get, but, um, he's a guy I would not be surprised that, you know, WWE probably would go for when he's available, and Bishop Khan too. Again, Bishop Khan, like great athlete, great looking athlete. He just really needs that bring that personality back, yeah, you know, out of him. If it, if it's even there, he might it might not be out. He might just be that's just him, you know. Um, he might just be a tag guy. Uh, Brian Cage, is Brian Cage. He's gonna do his spots. Psychology doesn't really matter, and he's gonna get his shit in. Um, it's kind of the the, the same old. Uh, the next match was for the Pure Rules uh, title. It's Pure Wrestling Rules. Uh, champion Cassioia Shibata versus Daniel Garcia. This match went about 14 minutes. I really like this match. Um, you have Shibata, the wrestler, very serious. You have Daniel Garcia, who's been you know, with the Jericho Appreciation Society. He's a sports entertainer. He's been doing like this Alex Wright dancing that's been getting a reaction. And... It's, you know, the serious wrestler versus the wrestler that's kind of a showboat. And the serious wrestler won out and taught him a lesson. Uh, I, I like the dynamic. And I thought this was a, was probably one of the best matches on the show. Um, it was, I just really enjoy that story that they tell. It's, that's definitely one to watch, I think. Um, um, you know, the, the whole dancing stuff with Dan Garcia at first I wasn't really into it but I, I like it for him you know it gives him something a little personality um I he just overdoes it like he just does it like every second he can get he 
he needs to kind of watch Alex Wright when Alex Wright was a heel. And Alex Wright would he would he wouldn't just do it after everything he did, right? He would, you know, a few times a few times the match, but for the maximum reaction. And I think that's what Daniel Garcia needs to do. He needs to kind of watch Alex Wright how he did it. Um I like Daniel Garcia. I think he's he's a a good prospect. Um and I do want to see him start evolving again. Like, you know, of course he was the serious wrestler and he got with Jericho and then he became a sports entertainer. But I think it's, you know, he, I'd like to see him kind of step up even more. Uh, match number 10 was a fight without honor, basically no rules, all a bunch of gimmicks. Uh, it was the dark order of evil Uno, Alex Reynolds and John Silver defeating their former dark order partner, Stu Grayson and, and the Righteous, which is Vincent and Dutch. Um, this match went 16 minutes. And, you know, it was a match full of just weapons and chaos. At one point, Vincent Vincent did this crazy swanton dive out to the floor on a table that didn't break. And that just looked brutal as hell. Um, I... <laughs> There was, you know, Legos involved, chairs involved, tables involved. It's just, it just was insanity, but not in a good way. And it just kept going and going. And it was a very like high risk, low reward match. In my opinion, the righteous, I like, I like Vincent a lot. You know, I think he does a great job as that crazy man. He has a similar look to a, a similar look to a guy in Germany named Maggot for WXW. Um, but I think they would make a, a great team, or he would be a great addition to this 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 group. Um, Dutch is a, a a good big man. Um, I miss Tyler Bate, Bateman here. I think, you know, Tom Bateman's a solid wrestler he, and uh, he added a lot to the group. I don't know why he's not there, what's going on with him, but he'd be a good guy f- for, you know, Ring of Honor to sign. Um, I know he's, I think he might be doing some training with uh, New Japan Strong in LA, so he might just be happy with that, but um, not my thing, obviously. And I just, this one of those matches you just, I just can't, can't get into. So at this point in time, I honestly, I had to take a break. I just like the final two matches are coming up. It was uh, Claudio defending the ROH world title against Pac. And the main event was the, for the women's championship, uh, Athena, the champion versus Will Nile Gales. And those are two wrestling matches. So he's like, I just saw... <laughs> A billion moves in that in that in that four way tag. I saw a billion moves in that six band tag, um, and then I saw just complete chaos in this fight with the honor match. So I just like need to take the take a break because no matter what these guys are gonna do and, and Athena and Will are gonna do, like nothing's gonna really like stand out because they already already seen everything. I just need to just kind of take a break from wrestling, come back to it. So that's what I did. I just. Just had to take a break. Came back to it. And 
Wow. I was really, really disappointed in Claudio and Pac. I thought for sure this would have been a great match. And what they did is they, you know, you know, after the, these fans in this arena saw a million moves, wrestlers bleeding, falling through tables, barbed wire, legos, plunder after plunder. We have Claudio and Pac starting off hot and fighting on the floor, fighting to the stage. And I get it. They're probably like, shit, what we got to do? We got we to gotta start hot because they already seen everything. I, I get that mentality, but sometimes you got to bring them down. Bring the fans down, give them some good wrestling, and then start building to your finish, building to the, you know, all the big moves towards the end. But here they're just fighting out, going all the place. I know there's a grudge issue from uh, the War Games situation where Pac and Claudio had issues and Pac leaving the team high and dry with a silly finish for War Games. Um, but here I think they needed to bring the crowd down down a bit with some wrestling let the fans take a breath and then recharge and then i these guys are so good that i think they would have gave him like a great exciting finish and the crowd would have been up you know for that finish for that home stretch um and <laughs> so they're brawling on the floor they're fighting on the floor and and it's not like it's great brawling you know and they're fighting on the stage there and at one point, like, like quickly, Pac goes under the, the ring and grabs the table and pulls out the table. I'm like, what the hell? We just saw Bob Wire. We saw tables. We saw blood and, and the match before this. And now you're bringing out tables again? Unreal. I just couldn't believe this was happening. And soon after that, they're back in the ring. Claudio picks up Pac in a press slam, has him high over his head, you know, you know, Claudio is so tall. It just looked amazing. I love a good press slam. You know, I still love it when Lex Luger press slam people multiple times a match. And, you know, he, Rick, let's do his match with Rick Flair. You always, you know, pick Flair up and press slam. Flair loved to be press slam and take that bump. But Claudio picks him up, packs Pac up and starts walking closer to the, to the ropes. And he just tosses him Pac to the floor, through the table. It was an awesome bump. Like, one of the best table bumps I've seen in a very long time. And <laughs> I thought, oh, shit, is that going to be the finish? Is it going to be like he want, you know, like trying to permanently injure Pac and they're going to do this big stretcher job? No. Claudio goes to the outside. It's not, and apparently this is not a disqualification. I guess in Ring of Honor, there's just no rules at all. Because, um, you know, maybe because the, the, the loophole is like, well, he, Claudio didn't bring the table out. It was Pac, you know, so that's on Pac. You know, that kind of stupid philosophy. Um, but Claudio rolls out and grabs Pac, rolls him back in. And I'm like, oh, shit, if he gets a quick pin on this, okay, at least it, at least it makes sense. No, <laughs> he, he rolls uh, Pac in, and Claudio goes to the top rope, hits this big flying elbow, and guess what happens? Two count. So the guy, Pac gets press slammed 
through a table from the ring to the floor in this amazing bump, takes a flying elbow off the top rope, and Pac kicks out. What the hell are we doing here? What the hell are we doing here? I was just so upset, so checked out. It's, 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 why does it get to this point? You know, remember, I don't I mean, I don't know how, who, how, how old you are listening to this. Maybe you don't remember the Macho Man Randy Savage, but when Macho hit that elbow, you know, from almost all everybody, but Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan, it was over, or you felt like it was over, right? And here it is, and he kicking out of that after, and this is after he got thrown through a fucking table, guys. Sorry for my language, but it just, oh, it just makes no sense. And this is like, okay, by everyone to prove this. Oh, yeah, yeah, it sounds great. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so awesome. That's horrible. How can you believe anything anymore? Right? It's it's ridiculous. And then, so they keep wrestling and they do a bunch of stuff and people are getting into it. But I'm checked out because like, why why do I care when this guy could just survive a table? You know, what am I really worried about? A fucking package power driver or something like that, right? The guy got thrown through a table from the from the ring to the floor and started a flying elbow drop top rope. Why should I be? Oh my god, this is it? <laughs> you know, shit. Here's a, so here's a fucking finish. This is just now. I'm sorry, but. The AEW referees, for the most part, majority of them, are just not good. Not good at all. And part of it is the wrestlers on the roster having no care for the referees. They don't find them important. You can tell they they don't care. They're burying the referee. Uh, the, the referee's just there to count the three. And like like a Rick Knox, like you know, might as well Rick Knox just go outside and grab a chair, and just sit down and maybe have a hot dog, you know, and just relax. And then when it's time for you to run in and count, you know, that's when you count. Um, in this match here, Pac and Claudio. So there's no ref bump, but Cla- Pac just goes to the corner and starts taking off the top turnbuckle pad. He's trying to take the top turnbuckle pad off. And Paul Turner, the referee, just goes over, light warning, like, hey, don't do that. You know, hey, don't do it. And then out comes Wheeler Yuta from the back. And Paul Turner sees Wheeler Yuta running to ringside. And what's Paul Turner? Does he stop Wheeler Yuta? Does he say, get the hell out of here? What are you doing out here? You know, no, no. Wheelie U jumps on the apron, and Paul Turner just, 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 just steps back. Like, what the? F- why? You're the referee. A guy who's not should not be out here is out here now on the ring apron, trying to get involved in this match. You need to stop this. You are the referee, right? But he just steps back because you know why? Because he, Claudio. Has to come in low blow Pac while, while, while Paul Turner lazily has to turn away so he doesn't see it. 
absolute complete freaking garbage this was and i can't believe that i'm saying that in a match involving claudio claudio who i just figured would never let such a mess happen or maybe he doesn't even care anymore i don't know i'm sure he does it's just uh, like does anyone just who who the agents and i know tony Khan probably doesn't know probably doesn't understand when they're telling him stuff like oh that sounds great you know it's probably what he does i i, I can guarantee it because i've seen it happen so many times when a worker promoter or a booker who has you know never been in the wrestling business before and you can get whatever the fuck you want by them you know because they don't know you know you say a bunch of stuff and you know and they're and you know they're just gonna be like okay cool you know that's why he needs someone to be like you know what i see what you guys want to do there be political about it but you know if you do this you know if you do the big slam through the table and then you roll him in he kicks out like the whole risk of that bump means nothing now like maybe we shouldn't do that you know and then uh and wait where's where's paul turner gonna be when uh when Wheeler Yuta comes to the apron, oh, he's going to just stand back and well, well, you know, no, no, he needs to be in there. He needs to be <coughs> telling Wheeler Yuta to, you know, he needs to get between those guys, Pac and Wheeler, and have his back turned so Claudio can low blow him when he when he's you know because he doesn't see the low blow and you know just it's simple guys, it really is. Just you know, put some thought behind it and try to look at the logic of what you're doing <laughs> just so it gets better the best friends and orange Cassidy meets you know who's a surprise not advertised they come out and attack Pac actually before that I'm sorry excuse me the Lucha brothers come out first cause you know the death triangle Pac and they start, you know, triple teaming Wheeler Yuta and Claudio. And of course, and this happens not just in Ring of Honor, AW. It happens everywhere, you know, WWE as well, which not a thing that kind of also drives me nuts. Nuts. It drives me nuts in all of wrestling. <laughs> Is when there's chaos going on in the ring and the referee just slides out and just kind of just waves his arms in the air and tries like, come on, stop, guys, like. You got to give them some time to get things going, but then you got to call in the recruits to kind of stop it, right? It just drives me insane. But here's old Paul Turner out there doing jumping jacks. Stop, guys. Stop, stop, stop. And he's holding the Ring of Honor title. And as Ray Phoenix is raining down fake punches on Wheeler Yuta, he, (laughs) Paul Turner just puts the belt on the apron so <laughs> Ray Phoenix can just take it and start beating Wheeler with the belt which he also did like would made it look like shit it just unbelievable you can see it clear as day that someone is in his I'm guessing it's Tony Khan he has to use the belt it's an important thing it's just he has to hit him with him hit him with the belt we need more heat or something stupid and 
It was absolutely ridiculous. And then here comes the best friends. And Orange Cassidy. And they come out and they attack Pac and the Lucha Brothers and Claudio and Wheeler. So, what the hell is going on here? It just absolutely made no damn sense. Um. So, yeah. That's what that was. A complete, just big time disappointment, in my opinion. The main event, which was a surprise to me, but I think these ladies delivered. It was for the Winger of Honor Women's Championship. It was Athena versus Willow. And this was a good match. Was it a great match? No, but it was a good match. Um, and and after what happened with Pac and, and, and Claudio... Fuck, dude. This was, to me, Flair's teamboat. Like, you know, um, I love Willow Nightingale. I think the world loves her. Like, that smile, that look. You want to root for her. Like, I, dude, if they ever turn her heel, I'm just going to just have to go down there and just talk to Tony personally. And like, what the fuck you doing, man? Um, She could just be a mega baby face because she just has that likable personality. Uh, and then... <laughs> At ringside was her mom and dad and other family members. And and so I'm like, okay, this is the last match. They're putting the women on last. Her family's in attendance. She has to go over, right? She did not. And which was a shock to me. Because apparently I didn't even know this till Sam from the Power Bombshells uh, pointed us out on Twitter. That you know, this was the third match, and I'm like, oh shoot! I thought, I thought, okay, maybe they're gonna build to a, f- a third match, and that's when Willow will win. But this was a third match, and I don't know what they have planned for Athena, who they vision envision beating her for the title, or or maybe they want to do some kind of title for title situation, because um, they're just they they're planning on keeping her strong for a long time. But this felt like the time to really put over Willow here. Um, And it's not like Athena, the heel cheated and screwed Willow in front of her family or fans. And, you know, may just want to see the rematch, right? Like may just want to see some kind of like Willow get a revenge and, and also win the title. No, she just beat her with her fucking finish in the middle. Actually, I think she tapped her out. I think she it wasn't the the flying stunner. It was actually like a like a triple cross face deal. Right in the middle. Just beat her flat. I'm not a fan of beating the baby face flat, right? And <laughs> and I'm like, well shoot, there goes that. You know, me, there goes that wanting to see a rematch between these two. You know, like it did it left me with nothing. Not, 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 didn't leave me with anything like wanting more, and you 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 want to feel like oh man you she just ah she didn't win that damn Athena cheated, damn I want to see her get another shot damn I want to see her win, and but after the match they just hug and freaking hold each other's arms up and I'm like what the hell's going on here, <coughs> so yeah, just a head scratching booking on this pay-per-view just 
I didn't get that ending. I did not. Why would you do that? Why would you just have, you're building up Thena. She's been beating up job girls. She's this has this attitude and this, you know, yeah, you know, cocky, arrogant. And now she's like holding up Willow's arm and, you know, showing her appreciation. <sighs> Come on, people. Like, what is going on here? Just really bad booking. So big disappointment for me. Um, if you watched pay-per-view, what did you think? Did you like it? It was I being too harsh on it. Um, I don't think so. I think this was the weakest pay-per-view they've done yet under the Tony Khan era. Um, honestly, it's the worst pay-per-view of the year, in my opinion. Um, and I, they have to have some really bad ones. Like I, I can't see WWE at this point having any really bad pay-per-views. Like they are just on a roll with their pay-per-views or the PLEs, excuse me. And AEW, like, even though I don't like like a lot, lot of it, like, but there's always something there that really like that's really good. Where you're like, you can't say it was a bad pay per view, right? Like, even the one here from San Francisco is a revolution. Yeah, I think most of it wasn't good, but that Iron Man match with MGF and Brian Danson was fantastic. So uh, for this right now, if this if they had a vote for the uh, the awards, um. This would get my worst show of the year. So, what'd you think? Was it the worst show of the year? Am I like again? Am I being too harsh? Hit me up on Twitter, The Rocket Jail. Love to hear your thoughts. Everyone, have a good rest of your weekend. Have a good week coming up. I'll see you next time on Take On Podcast. Take care. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.